0: 7:15 p.m. My little blue skirt looks very fab, and I've put fake tan on my legs to top up my hamburger agogo browniness. I don't think you can really see the streaky bits unless you're at floor level, and who's going to be there <laughs> apart from the midget lesbians I was worrying about before? I've got my strict bra on, the one that takes no nonsense from my bazoomas, and a fabby blue and black top which has got a really small pair of lips on it down at the bottom. You don't notice it, but if you did. It would imply I liked snogging without implying I am a tart. 7.25pm. Mum called up. Can I come and see what you're wearing? Oh, God. I put my shoes on. Oh, my God. Ag City, Arizona. They were made for a child. I pushed my feet in and managed to get them on and stood up. If I walked about, I'd probably get used to them. Mum came in. Wow, you look really groovy. Is this for the Italian stallion? Shut up, please shut up. Then she noticed my shoes. Are they your new shoes? They are gorgy, aren't they? Aren't they a bit too small for you? I said, smiling widely. Gosh, no, if anything, they're a bit slack. She was still looking at them. What size are they? I looked at my watch and said, Crikey, O'Reilly, is that the time? I promised to meet the gang at 7.30. Slater, I dashed off down the stairs. Ouch! Ouch! Aggers! Aggers! Bugger! Bugger! Bum! On the way to Jazz's, my God, these shoes hurt. On the plus side, I think they're cutting off the blood supply to my feet, so with a bit of luck, my feet will be numb soon. I had to sit up on a wall for a resties just round the corner from Jazz's house. Seven forty-five p.m. As we walked along, Jazz said, "Do you want to go to the loo?" You're walking funny. Clock tower, 8pm. Met up with the usual suspects. Rosie had actually bought the furry yeti boots. Maybe they are to match Sven's. He has the most unusual dress sense I've come across in someone who is not actually working in a circus. I wouldn't have thought you could buy shiny purple suits with scarlet inserts, but you can. Also, if I could bear to think about it, I would say that he was wearing lipstick. He lifted me up and kissed me on both cheeks. Hi, girly girls, let's hit it. I looked into my compact. Yep, he was wearing lipstick. We all trailed after him. Jules is in a state of near-madnosity about whether she's going out with Rollo or not. Jazz is in one of her philosophical moods, so she said to Jules, if it's meant to be, then it will be. Did I show you my song from Tom called You Are the Only Fish in My Sea? As Jazz got it out, to read to Jules, I walked on quickly with the rest of the gang. Ouch, ouch, Ouchy! ouch. Still got feeling in my feet. Alan said, I think I'm going to like make Dave the Laugh jealous. I laughed and said, oh yeah, good luck. And she looked at me. How do you mean? I said, well, he's not, um, he doesn't really seem like the jealous type, does he? Alan said, Well, I'm going to, you know, dance and flick my hair about with that friend of Rollo's. I'm going to try all those tricks and stuff. I said, promise me you won't try the infectious laugh. By this time, we were outside the Buddha lounge. In the Tarts wardrobe, 8.40pm. We had a last-minute Ace Gang conference. Well, Rosie, Jazz and I did. Mabs and Ellen and Jules were so eager for boy action that they did a quick lippy check visit to the Piddly Diddly Department and off out into the Disco Dance Inferno Emporium. Rosie said, go through the checklist. I sat on the edge of a sink. Oh, the relief, the relief in the Tootsies Department. I began. Mascara? We looked at my mascara. Check. Lippy and lurker situation. Jazz and Rosie looked and said together. Check. I said, attractive smile, full of Eastern promise. And I smiled. Rosie said, give us a snog. I've come over all lesbian. I like to think she was joking. I'm ready to take on Lindsay. Flicky flick, hip wiggle, hip wiggle, smiley smile. Left the tarts wardrobe. Just as we were about to hit the dance floor, Jazz said, what about knickers? I looked at her. Yeah, what about them? Have you got any on? Is she truly mad? But then I couldn't actually remember putting them on. When did I put them on? I remember putting the skirt on and my bra and top, but knickers, which ones were they? Oh, God. Perhaps I'd forgotten, and then I would fall over and reveal my front and back bottoms to the world. Or Sven would pick me up, like he very often did when he was doing his frenzied Saturday night fever routine. I dash back into the loo. Knicker alert over. I blame Jazz entirely. She's so obsessed with underwear. 9 p.m. Very, very dark in the club and rammed. We edged around to the bar. It took a while to get used to the dark, especially if your eyes were weighed down with one pound of mascara and talcum powder. Dave the Laugh was about an inch away from my nose before I saw him. Hello, kitty cat, you're back. I smiled at him, and then Rachel popped her head over his shoulder. Hi, Georgie, cool to see you. She's always so alarmingly pleased to see me. Why? There's nothing wrong with her, but I'm Dave's friend, not hers. She pulled on Dave's arm and said, "'Come and dance, babe.' He looked at me, and I for once had the upper watsit. I said, "'Yeah, babe, go dance.' He gave me a cross-eyed look and went off to dance. Rollo and his mates were all there at the bar with Jules, Mabs, and Ellen, hanging on their every word. Pathetico. I would never do that. Everyone was there. I said to Jazz, "'Jazz,' Just nod your head up and down wisely. You don't have to talk. In fact, I'd rather you didn't. I want you to be my decoy duck while I look around for any sign of Massimo. Jazz tried to have a strop, but I stopped her by saying, You know I'm only asking you to do this because you are my very, very bestest palsy in the whole world. Also, if you help me with this, I will let you sing Tom's song to me. Jazz perked up then. yip yep. He's back in five days. I only came out to help you with all your boy troubles, you know. I was going to give her a friendly dead arm for being so annoying when some bulky girl trod on my toe as she was going by with her lardy mates. I shouted out, Bloody hell in a handbasket! Ow! Ow! Bollocking bugger, bugger bum! Jazz said, Are you sure your shoes are okay? I said, Jazz, some complete imbecile of gigantic proportions has just trodden on my foot. That is why I'm leaping like a loon. I might actually have to slip off for a quick lie down in the loose and put my feet up on the loose seat. But then, all pain droppered away from my tootsies forsooth, as Billy so eloquently put it in his famous sonnet, Ode to My Feet. Massimo came up to the bar. He looked mega cool and a half. He doesn't look like English boys, he's more sophist. He was wearing a cool, pale blue Italian suit with a t-shirt. Like me, he was wearing fabby shoes, although his didn't have kitten heels and he didn't look like he was going to wet himself. I put my shoulders back to give a bit of Nunga emphasis, looking around first to make sure I didn't knock anyone over. Also, I let my mouth drop open a bit and put my tongue behind my bottom teeth, like Britney Spears, but without the big tongue piercing. I was deliberately not acknowledging Massimo. I was absolutely tip-top full of glaciosity. Jazz, Ellen and Mabs were, however, full of stupidosity. They all came crowding round me going, have you seen... Him? have you seen him he's over at the bar over there look can you see him and so on so annoying and uncool i was still doing my tongue behind the teeth thing so i said "Flear off throw away leave me alone i pretended to wave at someone in massimo's direction and the love god caught my eye and smiled i slightly smiled and he began to come across to me oh i love him i love him but no remember the plan. I smiled again and then I forced myself to walk away and not look back. How difficult was this? It was like walking with my feet facing in one direction and my body facing in the opposite direction trying to snog him like a really crap mime artist. But I must do it. I must keep up my glaciosity. Also, I was trying to make a good impression from the back. I was concentrating so much on crap mime walking hip-wiggling, hair-flicking, and eschewing the love-god with a firm hand, that I went noonga-noonga first into Dave the Laugh, again. He said, "'Settle down, lads, straight to my bazoomers, cheeky cat.' However, he was the hornmeister, and there was no sign of Rachel, so I told him what I'd just done. I said, "'You would have been proud,' Massimo came over to me, and I walked away with glaciosity at all times. What do you think, tactic-wise? He looked a bit funny. If I didn't know that he was a callous hornmeister, I would have said he looked a bit sad. But I must have been wrong, because he said, excellent work, keep it up. What handbag has he got tonight? Then Rachel came bounding up like a friendly red setter. Dave was nice to her, but he looked a bit cornered. If I were her, I would give him a bit more space me, I am suddenly full of wisdomosity about relationships. I have become an expert in the oven of love. 9.30 p.m. No sign of my rival in love, the incredibly useless stick insect of the universe and back. Good. Oh, maybe she's dead. How sad. Never mind. The stiff Dillons are coming on in a minute. 9.40 p.m. Wow, the place has gone hog wild. Girls were shrieking when Massimo came to the microphone and said, Ciao, we are back. 10.15pm I am quite literally in a dance inferno. Hit it, lads. The whole club is kicking. All the boys are fit and cool and Massimo is a brilliant singer and so sexy on stage. 10.35pm Girls were even trying to get up on the stage to get to the Stiff Dylans. One got up and managed to kiss Massimo on the cheek before she was pulled away by a bouncer. Very, very embarrassing. The final straw was when nauseating Green tried to get up on stage. No danger of her managing that. She got one knee on and then just jumped up about a foot and came back down again. She would have been stuck there for eternity going up and down, but a bouncer came and pulled her away. Her new enormous glasses were on sideways. Attractive. 10.40pm. I'm sweating a bit, so I better go and cool myself down in the loos. The last thing a love god wants is a slippery girlfriend. I have been doing some of my best moves in front of him, just subtly, you know, nothing flash, although I did have to shove Jazz quite hard once or twice to get her to let me in. Now and again, I've glanced at him and then looked away. Wet Lindsay has been dancing in front of him with her eyes fixed on him like she was trying to hypnotise him. I said to Roro, As the Swan of Avon said in his famous snogging comedy, Midsummer Night Snog, when you wanteth to, to snog a love God... Do not prithee danceth about like a prat with stick-in-set legs, Rosie said. Ye are wiseth in the extremeth, my paleth," Billy also saideth, forsooth and lack a day. do not have ye a tiny forehead, otherwise you are simply ask a thing for a duffing-up scenario, eth. Then we laughed like the proverbial draineth. 10.50 p.m. As I went to the loos, I saw Rollo and Jules snogging for England on the steps. And then in the corridor by the loo, I found Mabs snogging someone. I couldn't tell who it was, boy-wise, as I didn't recognize the back of his head. As I went by, Mab's opened her eyes and winked at me. What was she on about? Then she pointed at her wristwatch. With the other hand, she held up three fingers. Then she did the thumbsies up, still snogging. What in the name of ass? I went into the loo. In the tarts enclosure. Blimey, good job I did a makeup check. I looked like a red-faced loon. Then I got it. Mabs was saying that she'd got up to number six on the snogging scale, a kiss lasting over three minutes without a break. Yes, she'll be thrilled as a thrilled thing on a thrilling holiday. Unless it was Spotty Norman. They were all at it, apart from me. It was so long since I'd snogged anyone, I couldn't even remember what it felt like to snog. Perhaps I'd lost my technique. I tried a quick snog on the back of my arm, but it was very difficult to tell the difference between arm and lipsies. I must take my shoes off for a moment. I went into a piddly-diddly kiosk and sat down on the loo seat. Hmm, my feet looked a bit red and swollen. Maybe I should take my shoes off. But if I got them off, I might never get them back on. Perhaps if I just lay down on the floor and put my feet above my head on the loo, they would go down a bit. I got down on the floor and put my feet up. Ooh, that was a bit better. I heard a door open and wet Lindsay said, What's going on? This really weedy voice answered, well, it looks like they're going to be having a break any time. It was astonishingly dim Monica, the missing link between human beings and frogs. Wet Lindsay said, okay, I'd better get in there. ADM said, treat them mean, keep them keen. And Lindsay said, I don't think I have any worries about keenness if Thursday's anything to go by. They're very passionate, the Italians. And she laughed. God, I hate her. I lay on the floor for a moment feeling really, really bad and miz. But then I remembered that I was not a facsimile of a sham. I was following my dream. I was living the dream. I struggled up to my feet. Ow! Oh, God, Sacra! bloody blur! Back in the club. The band were having a break. No sign of them. I could see wet Lindsay hovering around near the dressing room door. Appalling tart. The ace gang were all off grooving. Rosie shouted over, come and dance, we're having a groove I said, I think I'll sit this one out and just, you know, absorb the vibes. Rosie said, you mean your feet are hurting because you're wearing baby shoes? I gave her my cross-eyed Klingon look and she nutcased off. Sitting down, I was doing a bit of shoulder dancing to the music when an arm appeared in front of me and handed me a drink. It was a brown arm. It had a gold ring on the third finger. I looked up and it was Massimo's arm, and he was attached to it. He smiled down at me. Ciao, you are having tired from dancing? I went red. Thank God it was dark. I took a big gulp from the drink and practically choked myself, but I managed to say, yes, I mean, see, I am indeed having a tired from dancing. Yes, indeedy. He said, it is long since I have seen you. I'm glad you came. I would like if you would like, to have your telephone number. Oh, now, what was the right response to that? Glaciosity requires that I say something like, maybe some other time. But he is a love god. He's bending over me. His gorgy lips are only inches away from mine. Anyway, I was saved the trouble of doing anything because Dom came over. Hi, Georgia, long time no dig. How are you? Before I could say anything, he went on to Massimo. Listen, mate, sorry to drag you away, but some bloke wants to talk to us about a tour in the north. Can you come over? Massimo looked at me with those amazing amber eyes. I will see you later. And he touched my shoulder and squeezed it very gently. Oh, no, he had said it. He had said the famous, see you later. Donna and bloody Blitzen, apsa bloody lootly typico. I've got such bad snog withdrawal. Merde and murdy Merd Merd merde, merde, and a half. I hobbled over to the Groovathon and bobbed around trying to talk to Rosie as Sven flung her about like a deflated balloon. Pant pant groove groove He's asked me for my phone number. Rosie yelled Result or resultio, as we must say. I looked across and I could see the stiff Dillons talking to some bloke at a table. Massimo leaned back in his chair and balanced on one leg. The chair leg, I mean, you fools, not his leg He looked across at me and just looked and locked eyes with me. He was doing sticky eyes with me. It was a moment of incredibilosity. However, it began to feel like a staring competition because the mascara on my eyes was very heavy. Eventually, he looked away because someone handed him a drink so I could blink. 11.30pm. Band back on. I am so excited, I said to Jazz. Do you think I should accidentally hang around as he comes off stage at the next break? Jazz looked like she was thinking, oh dear, I can't rely on her opinion. I must consult with the gang. I rounded them up eventually for a gang meeting in the Tarts wardrobe. I was going to ask the hornmeister, but he was slow dancing with Rachel, and she had her head on his shoulder. He was stroking her hair, but as I passed, he looked, I don't know, not like Dave the Laugh. So I thought I wouldn't ask about Massimo. When Mabs emerged from her snogathon, it turned out to be one of the trainee tossers she was snogging. I said, Mabs, you have very little pridnocity. That's one of Tossa Thompson's mates. Mabs was a bit surly and covered in her own lippy. She looked like she'd been attacked by a ferret. She said, well, I'm only practicing on him. Fair enough. It was a moment or two before I realized that Sven was in the lose with us. Rosie managed to persuade him to wait outside. I don't like to think what she promised him as a reward, but she did mention herrings. I said, Massimo wanted my phone number and I was just about to give it to him. Rosie said, ooh uh, missus. But I just looked at her and went on. I was just about to give him my number when Dom called him away. So now the thing is, should I hang around at the end of the set and give it to him? Rosie was just about to say ooh uh, again until I kicked her. Ellen said, well, if you, no, you know, if he asked you and, well, he asked you... That means, doesn't it, that he, you know, wants it. We all looked at Ellen. I said, anyway, what do you think I should do? Jazz said, I'd hang around. I mean, it's ridiculous playing silly games, isn't it? Rosie said, yep, I think cut to the action. Go up and give him the phone number and then leave. Hmm, yep, that sounded good. Everyone else was nodding. And when all of the Ace Gang nod, you know that that a nod is as good as a wink to a blind badger. We did the Klingon salute and makeup duties and then went out of the loos together. The others careered back onto the dance floor, apart from Mab's, because the trainee tosser was hanging around outside the door. I lurked at the back of the club near the Tarts wardrobes for a moment to sit down on the stairs. My tootsies were so sore. I tried to ease my feet in my shoes, but they wouldn't move. I must save my tootsies for a last walk across to give Massimo my telephone number.